Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and I'm excited about what I think may be the next big thing in anti-inflammatory supplements, a brand new all-natural daily preventative against a host of possible inflammatory issues. Black for Health Liquid Extract from Future Farm Botanicals. Black for Health combines four plant-based foods, black garlic, black radish root, black cumin seed, and black peppercorn containing high levels of body-ready healing botanicals. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, and weight management, circulation, and immunity. It's a tasty supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information or to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuture. Farm, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening to these Intelligent Medicine podcasts. I'm your host, Layla Mutin. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. I work with Dr. Ronald Hoffman. We have an office in Midtown, 635 Madison Avenue, 14th floor. If you want an appointment, you can call Liz, 212-779-1744, 212-779-1744. I'm available in person, virtually, on the telephone, telehealth, all of the above, all of the above, telehealth, which is virtual. If you'd like to email me with questions, topics of interest, the email is radioprogram at AOL.com, radioprogram at AOL.com. Now, I have many clients who visit me for optimal health besides any medical conditions where they may need some medical nutrition therapy. I have clients who want to optimize their health, and many of them are looking for weight loss or weight maintenance, right? So part of my intake, besides going through a diet history and so forth and so on, food allergies, dental health, all of these are important. I also ask about sleep. How well do you sleep? Do you have trouble falling asleep, staying asleep? Do you wake up often during the night and are unable to get back to sleep? Do you wake up rested and refreshed most mornings? Or do you wake up feeling groggy and you need a pot of coffee just to get started? Sleep is very important, not just in terms of weight loss, but in terms of your health. You can be on the best diet in the world, eat as cleanly as you are, exercise the best that you do, be an optimist. When you don't get enough sleep, by the way, it's tough to be an optimist. Be an optimist. (laughs) All of the above. Good relationships, good social support, economic support, all of the above. Listen, you can be on the best eating plan and exercise right 
you know, get plenty of sunshine, vitamin D, drink the purest water. But if you're not sleeping well, you're not going to achieve optimal health. We need this for optimal health. Sleep is a very important part of the equation. So it's your diet, your clean water, your exercise, your sunshine, and sleep. And again, when we don't get enough sleep, we're irritable. We don't feel good. We're, you know, we're only playing on, on a few cylinders, not all cylinders. Remember that old V8 commercial? Commercial? Are you operating on all eight cylinders or all your cylinders? That, that was a fun commercial. Anyway, when you're not sleeping well or deeply, and I'll get into the reasons of why you may not be, and then we'll talk later on about sleep hygiene. It's very important that we get enough sleep. You want a good balance. You want your circadian rhythms balanced. You And to achieve that, you want to be going to sleep around the same time every night, waking up around the same time every morning. Yeah, okay, maybe over the weekend that's going to vary a bit. That's okay. You do your best but at least for most days of the week. So I want to talk to you about sleep dysfunction, relaxation, and health. The research continues to underscore just how important sleep is and how harmful a lack of sleep can be. Sleep deprivation is known to induce oxidative stress and increase anxiety levels. Acute sleep deprivation may even contribute to increased levels of DNA damage. Remember, when we sleep, it's time for the repair process. Our, our cells go through a house cleaning. It's called autophagy. We achieve this, yes, with intermittent fasting, where we are fasting for a minimum of 12 hours a night. Most of the time, this is during sleep time, right? But acute sleep deprivation may even contribute to increased levels of DNA damage. So you could do your intermittent fasting properly or your time-restricted eating. But if you're not sleeping well, it's possible that you're not getting the good autophagy that you intend to with the intermittent fasting. Autophagy is the house cleaning of your body and your cells and the repair and the rejuvenation and that includes repair in your DNA. So sleep deprivation may contribute to increased levels of DNA damage. When folks don't sleep enough or deeply enough, this dysfunction can affect their blood pressure, heart rate, mental status, hormones, and immune function. Listen. As I said earlier, you could be on the best diet, purest water, all of that. You think you're supporting your immunity. If you're a poor sleeper or you don't make time for good restful sleep, your immune system is, is not functioning as well as it could be. I don't care how many blueberries you ate or how much sulforaphane you take in your broccoli extract. I don't care how many colors of the rainbow in your produce you're eating a day. If you're not sleeping well, you're not getting a very important part of the equation in for your health and your immune function. In addition, <clears throat> adults who are short sleepers, that means less than seven hours, are more likely 
to report 10 chronic health conditions, including asthma, arthritis, diabetes, and depression. Over one-third of the U.S. population has reported sleeping less than the recommended seven hours a night. And with increased anxiety levels reported during 2020, hello, pandemic anyone, lockdown anyone, of course there's been increased anxiety all over the world during 2020. So over one-third of the U.S. population has reported sleeping less than the recommended seven hours a night. And with increased anxiety levels reported during last year, sleep loss may currently be experienced by a greater number of people. According to a 2020 poll by the National Sleep Foundation, half of the respondents reported feeling sleepy anywhere from three to seven days a week, with the higher number of sleepy days corresponding with elevated levels of stress. Excessive daytime sleepiness is one of the leading reasons that patients present to sleep clinics. So we need to think about sleep because it's become ever more important. It's becoming a bit of an epidemic in itself. So let's talk about relaxing into sleep. And by the way, I'm bringing this to you from the Institute for Functional Medicine. In some cases, sleep can seem difficult despite our best efforts, right? And people suffering from lack of sleep are often encouraged to engage in non-pharmacological activities that relax the mind and body. In other words, we don't want you on Ambien and Lunesta and who knows what. We don't want you taking a drug to go to sleep. We, we encourage you to engage not in pharmacology for your sleep, but activities that relax the mind and body. And that includes from biofeedback to meditation and yoga. But relaxing isn't sleeping. Of course, it's good to relax and start decompressing when it's coming around bedtime, but relaxing isn't sleeping. And can any of these lifestyle interventions actually help propel an individual into restorative sleep? Research suggests that mind-body interventions have been shown to improve sleep quality, reduce sleep disturbances, and effectively treat insomnia. I want to talk a moment before I get into these, these interventions, these mind-body in interventions. I want to talk to you about restorative sleep. European natural medicine informs us that our most restorative sleep occurs between about 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. That's the time where you've fallen asleep and you're not dreaming dream sleep or REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep, isn't the biggest part of those early evening or nighttime sleep cycles yet. The REM sleep cycles happen closer to dawn. You may remember having more dreams after 2 a.m., for example, and even more so as, as it approaches 4, 4 or 5 a.m., right? Each sleep cycle is about 90 minutes, 
And most adults re require four to five sleep cycles a night between six and eight hours with seven being the magic number with seven being Goldilocks. So the most restorative sleep that occurs between 11 PM and 2 AM is that deep Delta wave sleep. It's like, it's, it's like you sleep like a dead person. And then when you wake up, say at 2 AM, wow, you didn't even notice that there was any time lapse or anything like that at all. Right? Cause it's not like you were waking up every hour if your sleep has been disturbed. So that really deep restorative sleep where there's few, if any dreams, but that just darkness, that's really restorative sleep. <clears throat> so let's talk about these mind body interventions from Tai Chi to yoga, a 2020 systematic review and meta-analysis evaluated the effects of different mind-body interventions on health outcomes in older, older adults. 37 studies comprising 3,224 participants. For analysis, the interventions were subgrouped into Tai Chi slash Qigong and Yoga slash Pilates. And results suggested significant overall effect sizes favoring experimental groups compared to non-exercise control groups in all outcomes, including sleep quality. A 2019 systematic review and meta-analysis of 49 studies echoed the effectiveness of mind-body therapies like Tai Chi, Qigong, and yoga in reducing insomnia severity and improving sleep quality for both healthy individuals as well as patients. Sleep disorders are commonly experienced by cancer survivors. In fact, 51 to 90 percent of cancer survivors experience some sort, some form of sleep disturbance. A 2019 nationwide randomized control trial of a yoga therapy program, which consisted of two 75 minute sessions for four weeks in 410 cancer survivors found improvements in overall sleep quality and reductions in daytime dysfunction. We know that exercise helps us sleep more deeply. Whether it's light exercise or vigorous exercise, and I know certain yoga practices can be quite vigorous, right? So yoga therapy participants also demonstrated a statistical trend for greater reductions in sleep medication use compared to controls. Yay. Women with premenstrual syndrome are known to experience sleep problems due to the fluctuations in hormone levels. An interesting study in 2018 found that yoga reduced sleep disturbances in patients with PMS, which subsequently improved the efficiency of their sleep. According to the study, results were based on the 10 week treatment of three 60-minute yoga sessions practiced per week. See, any form of exercise. And that relaxation that can happen with the deep breathing 
that is the hallmark of yoga can help to tame the sympathetic nervous system and bring more of the parasympathetic nervous system into play. The sympathetic nervous system energizes us. We're talking about the umbrella of the autonomic nervous system here. The sympathetic nervous system is energizing. The parasympathetic is inhibiting, relaxing, right? Let's talk about mindfulness and meditation. A 2020 randomized control trial assessed the impact of yogic meditation and sleep quality. Participants in the study were healthy pediatric healthcare professionals, 64 participants, and the experimental group attended two 30-minute yogic meditation classes each week for eight weeks. Polysomnography and Pittsburgh Sleep Quality Index scores indicated that compared to the control group, participants in the yogic meditation group fell asleep faster and experienced both fewer disturbances and improved sleep quality. In a, 20, <clears throat> in a 2015 randomized clinical trial, examining the effects of a mindful awareness practice resulted in improvements in sleep quality, which was superior to a sleep hygiene education intervention. That's interesting because I'm going to talk to you about sleep hygiene at the end of this. Mindfulness exercises included mindful sitting meditation, mindful eating, appreciation meditation, friendly or loving kindness meditation, mindful walking, and mindful movement. Remember, this is bringing you into the present, which is something that yoga does too. It's an opportunity to get out of your head, away from your thoughts and into your body and into the present moment. So coming back into this mindfulness meditation, participants engage in a mean of 10 to 30 minutes of mindful experiential practice in each class. In addition to the teacher delivered didactic material and group discussion, the study, the study which was published in JAMA, that's the Journal of the American Medical Association, also showed that the mindful awareness practice yielded significant improvements of insomnia symptoms, depression symptoms, and fatigue severity. So we know that sleep is a complex, active process of restoration for the body. And people experiencing sleep dysfunction can suffer both from physical and psychological disturbances that greatly affect their quality of life. And a big discussion that I have in my practice is sleep hygiene. First of all, you want to make sure, like I said earlier, that you want regular bedtimes. This is important because you're, you're letting your body know when it's time to sleep the same way that you're eating your breakfast, lunch, and dinner around the same time every day. You're, you're letting your body know that this is the time that we eat a meal. It's breakfast time. It's lunch time. It's dinner time. You're also letting your body know when to go to sleep to prepare for sleep. And here are some very important things about sleep hygiene. First of all, there should be nothing blinking at you in the bedroom. There shouldn't be no electronic devices. If your digital clock is there on the nightstand, turn it out away from you so you're not seeing that light. 
So you're not always looking at what time it is. Oh, I haven't gotten to sleep yet. That itself is, is a, is a, is a reason for anxiety about not sleeping. That doesn't help. That's just a vicious cycle. So nothing should be blinking. Your phone should not be on your nightstand. Your, your, your Kindle, your iPad, your other la uh, laptop, your laptop, your other devices should be nowhere in the bedroom. You shouldn't even have a TV in the bedroom. All of those should be outside the bedroom. And about two hours before bedtime, you should not be looking at any electronic devices anymore because that blue light that's coming from your screen is keeping you up. It's letting the pineal gland in your brain know that it's still daylight, daylight out. All that blue light is there coming from the screen. And it's telling your, your brain, your pineal gland, not to secrete any melatonin because it's still daylight. That's why you need to shut down those electronic devices, put them away at least a good hour and a half, two hours before bedtime. Now, I know those of you are saying, but Layla, I'm an entrepreneur and the only time I get to check my emails at 10 o'clock at night. Okay, I hear that. I hear that. Do your best. Get a screen. Put on your, your sunglasses. I know it sounds hokey, but anything to help filter that blue light will help. Next. The bedroom should be between 60 and 68 degrees Fahrenheit. No warmer. No warmer. When we go to sleep every night, we go into what I like to call a mini hibernation. That means our core temperature, our core body temperature, drops a, a couple of degrees every night. And that is how we are able to stay sleeping. That core temperature drop. This is very important. But guess what? If your room is too warm, if the bedroom's too warm, you're going to wake up. And that's another reason for wake up. Now, the other thing is draw those curtains and blinds. Get blackout curtains. I don't even want moonlight coming through your window. It should be as black as pitch. All right? You may keep a, a nightlight on in your bathroom so that you could see it as you're approaching your bathroom. Hey, if you're elderly, this may not apply to you. Maybe you need a light, a nightlight in your bedroom. I always want you to be careful. Okay? So the other thing is, uh, don't do active things. Don't be studying for a test or something or, or things that require a lot of thinking and activity. If you read, you want to read for enjoyment and read from the page, not an electronic device. The other thing is make sure you're not dressed too warm for bedtime. It should feel cool. You could snuggle under the covers, that's great, but it's the entire bedroom that needs to be the right temperature. That's between 60 and 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Get up around the same time every morning, and as soon as you do, draw back those curtains and blinds. Get the sunshine on your face so that your brain knows, your body knows that it's morning now, and to set your circadian rhythms right. Things that may be disrupting your sleep. Number one is caffeine your coffee, your tea, even if you drink decaf, there's still little residual caffeine there, maybe as much as 10% caffeine. If you're a slow metabolizer of caffeine, this is a problem. You probably shouldn't have any after 2 p.m. or even afternoon because this may, this may cause a problem in, call, in falling asleep or staying asleep. What else robs our sleep? Oh, by the way, for you dark chocolate lovers out there, sorry, there's caffeine there. 
So if you're nibbling on some dark chocolate after dinner and you're wondering why you don't sleep or your sleep is restless, that's why. Evaluate that. Consider that if you're having trouble sleeping. Maybe you shouldn't have it. What other reasons aren't you falling asleep besides caffeine? Alcohol. Alcohol robs our sleep. If you're having a cocktail before dinner or wine with dinner or an after-dinner aperitif, whatever it is, you may find that you're waking up in the middle of the night for no good reason. That's alcohol that caused your blood sugar to drop in the middle of the night. And when that happens, your adrenal glands are called in to raise your cortisol in an effort to normalize that blood sugar. So what's happened there? Your cortisol is up. Of course, this is a stress hormone. You're going to wake up. That's what wakes you up. Alcohol robs our sleep by causing hypoglycemia in the middle of the night and causing cortisol to go up. You don't want that. And it's the same reason you don't want caffeine all day long. You don't want that cortisol up. There are certain medications that may be interfering with your sleep. Are you taking ADD meds, ADHD meds, right? These are forms of speed. Call it what you want. These are amphetamines. Of course, it's keeping you awake. And you probably have trouble getting up in the morning. Talk to your doctor about how to change the dosages or change medications. Or try, try with your doctor's supervision to taper those medications down and deal more effectively, more naturally. So that you don't need these medications. Did you know antidepressants also keep you awake? Because of the way they keep serotonin within the synapse between your, your, your neurons... That, that serotonin would otherwise move on to become melatonin. But that antidepressants is kind of keeping that from happening. So if you've been recently started taking an antidepressant and you're having sleep problems, that's why. Talk to your doctor. You may be very low in magnesium if you're under a lot of stress or if you have mitral valve prolapse. You may be low in magnesium. A low magnesium uh, is reason for not sleeping well. Do you have hypothyroidism? Those with hypothyroidism, I know it sounds counterintuitive. You would think that they sleep a lot. They may, but the sleep is not restorative. It's not deep. It's not restful. I can't tell you how many times I've seen patients with hypothyroidism that once they've got their thyroid numbers right, the dose of that thyroid replacement right, and they're eating the right way, they get deep restorative sleep. So if you have hypothyroidism and you're not addressing it, you need to address it, especially if it's causing a sleep problem for you. You see, there are many reasons for lack of sleep. So you want to take all that into consideration. It is all part of the equation along with your good diet, clean, pure water, sunshine, and exercise. You need a good night's sleep to have, to have optimal health and optimal operating immune function. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Youthful Energy, providing you with a unique energy support of pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. 
Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years. With a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care. 